You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. The podcast for you this week, which is on upper back training. Alright, and I did something that we haven't done yet on the podcast, and I have made a PDF to accompany today's episode on upper back training. So that's actually live on BigBenches.com right now. So whenever you hear this, you can go over to the website, BigBenches.com. If you happen to be watching us live on Facebook and or IG, uh, you can go to BigBenches.com right now and pick that PDF up. So that kind of accompanies everything we're talking about here today. Um, so you'll have a PDF download on that, uh, highlight some of the movements we're going to talk about today, you know, the role of the upper back when it comes to bench pressing, uh, how much sets and reps, volumes to do. I give a little pull-up progression on there. So go check that out at bigbenches.com in the program section. All right, that is a free download. All right, so it's going to cost you $0 and .00 cents. That's the best kind Right? Am I right? If it's free, it's for me. That's right. Elvis was the first to order it. He was testing out our new uh, digital attachments. So. It, c- it comes at a perfect time for me because I'm really trying to ramp up my upper back trading. So this works out very well. And why is that? What happened to you? And why are you trying to get your upper back strength up? Well, so I've been trying to go through all these nagging injuries I've had. Some things that just come, they don't leave, they kind of stay, stick around. Mm-hmm. been having some uh, upper back issues like right on the shoulder blade. Went to PT, physical therapy, you know, because I, I couldn't figure it out on my own. So I ended up uh, getting diagnosed of just, you know, trying to stretch out my lats, trying to, like, really work on that because they're very excessively tight. And to yeah. strengthen my upper back because, in my physical therapist's words, my upper back is pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. And, pretty uh, shitty. You know, I would say most people, their upper back's pretty shitty. They don't realize uh, meaning, uh, you know, if you have a desk job, if you desk job, even if you drive around a lot, I can see that being a big issue. I mean, any seated position, you're not really usually utilizing your upper back how you should be, which is retracted back. Even now, sitting here, slouched over a little bit, I should be retracted back. You know, pretty much those people that come into your classroom when you're in middle school, high school, whatever the case may be, and they tell you don't slouch, it's going to F you up in the future. Well, that's pretty much what we're getting at. Did you ever have someone that came into your school like that? I feel like someone needs to tell me that now. Yeah, someone at, it was in middle school. Someone came in and did a whole presentation on how to actually um, sit upright and whatnot and how it's going to benefit us down the line. That might have been uh, just a Massachusetts kind of thing. Maybe it was. That might have been a special thing. But uh, I always remember they would come in and everyone was telling us not to slouch, not to slouch at our desk. And, um, you know, here it comes biting your back in the ass here. But uh, anyways, upper back training, this is oftentimes a weak point for many people, um, not only in the bench press, but in the uh, deadlift as well. You'll see a lot of times lifters starting to break right at their T-spine. That's where that rounding starts. Um, You know, even lifters who just round at the lower back. I'm not as concerned with that sometimes because you can hold a... You can hold a good position like there's some round back deadlifters you know it's not the end of the world uh it's not the greatest position to be in but you see people pulling monster weight with a little bit of a rounded back but the key here is they still know how to use and develop their upper back all right you don't see a lot of rounding immediately at the upper back you just see it globally across the spine 
Um, when it comes to bench pressing, why is it such a big deal? Well, the role the upper back plays is it's going to stabilize all that weight for you. Okay, so for me, for my example here, uh, this was a huge reason why I was able to increase my bench 90 pounds in five months. You know, and that is not a gimmick. That actually happened. I went from 7.30 in April to 8.20. Uh, Elvis just brought over the nice 8.20 picture here. We're going to frame it up in the in the gym. But um, that's a 90-pound increase from April to September. And a huge role to that. A lot was technique, but most was I really started slamming my upper back training. You know, notice rear delt has been a, a big thing that was a weakness for me for a while. And... You know, I really put some more focus on that. Did all my rows, high rows, elbow out, all that stuff. Uh, and that did a huge amount for me in terms of getting my strength of my upper back. You know, I always tell a story. I came in here. It was We had one more session before the meet. I only had taken 800 pounds maybe twice other times in training. Two times. Both times did not go so great. Both were off high boards. I come into this session not knowing what to expect. Training hasn't been the best leading up to this thing. Uh, you know, I come in and I take 700, and I stopped after because I was tossing that thing around. I was like, I think I could have done 12 reps with this. So I'm checking the weights. I can't believe it at this point. I'm checking the weights. Like, something's got to be wrong. Something's got to be misloaded. We made a mistake here. We go to 750. You know, the weights checked out. Crushed it. <clears throat> Crushed it. Was no problem whatsoever. So I'm like, oh, hell, we'll go 800. I still couldn't believe 800 on the bar just with how things were moving that day. 800 comes out, I sank it extra into the board just because it felt so light. I was like, this can't be, this can't be happening. I had to check the weights again. I was like, shit, I think I just moved a legit 800 like that. Um, and a lot was just the control I had of the weight, much more stable, no shaking. Um, you know, I was able to really crush the weight in my grip, but I was able to load into my upper back. And that's where your upper back plays a huge role is that loading. Once that weight comes out on the takeout, right, you are immediately looking to sink your shoulder blades into the cushion of the pad and allow that weight to really fully disperse across your body. So you're locking down your shoulder blades. Uh, and the stronger you can do that, the more effective you're going to be at controlling that weight. And uh, it just makes an immense deal. It made such a big deal, I couldn't even believe it. I had to check the weights. And you know, if you've ever been through that feeling, that's a hell of a feeling, especially you know, at the level that you know, I'm moving up in weights here on the bench, uh, those those kind of jumps don't happen that, that often. There has to be like a very glaring weakness, uh, and all of a sudden you build it up enough so that it catches up to everything else, and that's pretty much what happened. But uh, that was a huge thing I contributed to my 90-pound increase. If you heard that podcast, it was a couple ago, um, you know, we were kind of talking about what helped contribute to that and how you can use that in your training as well to make a huge gain. But uh, that's, that's a big role the upper back plays in, in the bench press. And, you know, that goes for any movement. That goes for the squat and the deadlift. You know, across the board, you've got to be able to have control through your upper back. Uh, because if that breaks down, everything breaks down. Uh, you probably see it time and time again in the gym with squats, right? You see people start tipping over with the weight. And that's due to the upper back not being strong enough to hold that position, push your traps into the bar and all that. Um, you know, it's, that's all upper back strength and when i say upper back we, we talk about a lot of muscle groups here we're not just you know it's a general area it's not a specific muscle it's just uh you know a combination of your rear delts your your traps your 
uh, rhomboids, you know, everything that kind of surfaces around that upper back area there, um, that T-spine area, being able to extend through the T-spine, that's upper back if we had to define it there. So we also have a question whenever you're ready. Yeah, shoot it over. From Nathan Scott, 2001. I feel like I can't press in my lats or even activate them properly. Can you help? Uh, yeah, so this is a common thing. Uh, we worked with athletes in the past, too, who feel like um, you know they're not getting much out of their lats. And it's a hard thing to pinpoint because there's so much that could be going on there. I can't just give you a quick one-on answer there. But um, you know, it could be a lot to do with technique. You know, are you properly loading into your lats? Are you are manipulating your shoulder blades correctly? Um, and that's easier said than done. Like you, sometimes you'll feel like you're doing that, but you're actually not doing that. So it's, are you really doing that? Um, that we have to get into. And then, a lot of times, it just comes down to having to get stronger. All right, so uh, we just have a new addition to the team this past week. I'm very excited to welcome on board. And, um, you know, he came over here, and we were focused on what he could do to get his bench stronger. Uh, and this individual, he had a very good understanding of technique in the bench press. He knew what was going on. He knew what he had to do. Yet, actually getting to that point where he felt like he was doing things right, he just had a hard time getting to um, a lot of it was he had some very uh, deep imbalances, a lot of imbalances side to side. Uh, had a hard time with a particular side, which can be the case with many people activating a particular side. Uh, and what you'll find too in your training is you might have a lot of differences unilaterally. Left side might be a lot weaker than the right, and sometimes it's easy as just that. And a lot of times it's just you got to get stronger, and that's pretty much what we came up with is this individual we just got to get you stronger in general with your upper back and um you know work those unilateral exercises to bring up those side to side differences and to recognize them uh so a lot of times it comes down to that as well if you're having a hard time feeling that activation you need to feel in your upper back could do a lot with technique but then also you got to think it might just come down to having to get stronger and having to train unilaterally and find those side to side differences so I hope that helps you out, my friend. Uh, download that PDF, guys. Uh, you can go to bigbenches.com. If you're watching or listening here loud live, go to bigbenches.com. We have a PDF accompanying this podcast. Free download, $0, zero, zero cents. Uh, Elvis, what do you say about that? It's free. It's for me. That's it. Quote of the day. All right. I got a couple questions over here on the Facebook page live. So we are actually running Facebook page live and Instagram live. So thanks for joining us on both platforms. Uh, Sean says, <clears throat> posture has been improved. I've fallen in love with posterior work. Love to hear that, bud. Um, and that's a big thing. Posture is going to improve because now at rest, those stronger muscles, right, you're going to be pulled back. That's the whole... Um, you know, thing behind the bow tie, Donnie Thompson's bow tie. It puts you in that position, so you have more awareness of it. So you're locking down better here. All right. It's not that that's a, a one one fit all uh, fix for everything. The bow tie. It's not a fix for everything, but it makes you more aware of what you're doing. It brings more awareness to what you're doing, and that is the key there. All right. I got another one from Kevin. Would you consider lat strength development just as important as upper back rear delt strength in assisting the bench? 
so I think he's referring more to like mid back uh, lats in its entirety versus upper back rear delt strength. And I'd say they both play a really important role. I would just say the majority of people probably already have built up their mid back and their lat strength um, from what they've been doing in the past. I'd say it takes much more kind of precision and awareness to build up your upper back and rear delt strength, something that I think a lot of people are more likely to neglect. And just by carrying on their daily positions and postures and whatnot, um, I think that's something people generally have to focus more on. So um, I don't say it's more important in its role with the bench press. I'm just saying it's probably the large majority, maybe over 90% of people in general, could probably use more upper back work versus anything else. So I hope that answers that. All right, uh, moving on. So now we kind of define the upper back. We know the role of the upper back and the bench and how big of a, a difference it can make in your training and your, your strength increase. What are some good movements to build this up? All right. What movements are going to attack this specific area in particular? First off being metal rows. And this can be done dumbbell, T-bar, you know, whatever you want to use. And pretty much what a metal row is, popularized by John Meadows is uh, rowing with your elbow out to the side. Okay, so you know your traditional row, right? You would pick up the dumbbell. It's kind of like you're starting a lawnmower, right? Got your shoulder back and then you're pulling in close to the body. That's a good power position. You're going to lift the most weight that way. However, a metal row, you're probably going to have to see a drop in weight because you're not going to row as, as strongly out to the side, but your elbow is going to be out and up to the side um, and that's going to be a much tougher variation. That's going to be a harder rowing variation for you. <clears throat> Not going to be able to lift as much weight. But what it does, targets that upper back, targets those rear delts. You know, if I didn't have as much fat as I had, you would see it working my muscles more. You can see on a lean guy, those muscles contracting. You know, I'm pretty much, there's just kind of a blob there and shit's moving. But... <laughs> If you had someone that was real leaned out, you would actually see the muscles in their back working differently, right? Uh, a lean person, you really see that because you see so much muscle definition, you can see how it's targeting their muscles in different ways, all right? Um, so metal rows are awesome. Dumbbell T-bar. I like the T-bar because I feel like you can really load that up good. I'm a fan of any movement you can really load up and turn into a true strength movement. Um, so T-bar would be a great variation. And, and if you don't know how to do that, you're pretty much uh, putting one end of a barbell uh, kind of positioned into a wall or a landmine attachment. And uh, the other end is movable. So uh, what's, what's a good word for that? It's like a pivot. It's like a pivot point you're creating. Uh, so you can freely move one end of the barbell. The other one's stuck into something like the corner of the, the room or something. So you would just row elbow out. And that's a great one. You can load that movement up dumbbells like i said next would be high rows now high rows that's just a general uh movement uh you could do that with barbells bands dumbbells whatever it's just you're taking your normal row and you're doing a high row so your touch point's changing you're gonna row more to your upper chest than you are kind of below nipple line lower sternum where you would touch your bench right you're gonna purposely row to a higher point one of my favorite high rows is a seated uh, banded row. A seated banded row. Now, this is a killer variation, and you can hold it statically, too. I'll get into some isometric stuff, but 
Um, you can hold it statically, just like you would on the bench. That's exactly how we're going to hit the bench is with a static row. Um, you know, so we're holding that position. We're holding that shoulder blade position. We're going through the movement. Um, but you could hook up a, I use a, um, a cross stick. You could use a wooden dowel, whatever you have available to you. Hook up heavy band tension to it. Go into like a chest supportive position, like incline bench, face the incline bench, and then row right in. And then um, we got a little, we got a little spider crawling down <laughs> right on the set here in the HQ trying to get involved. He's going back up. He ain't going to cause any, any trouble. Keep an eye out. All right, he's waking his way back down. <laughs> We're going to take him out. Exterminated. <clears throat> that was cold. You know what? Sip of coffee for the workout, man. Just saved your life. <laughs> All right. That makes us even, then. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um... So you did the high the high rows. What's your favorite high row variation there, Elvis? Honestly, I really like uh, some bandits and stuff. Band Especially stuff. with the upper back, because I always have a band on me. And it just makes it super easy to just crank some stuff out. Yeah, that's that's the key with the bands, guys. You don't need to be at a gym. You don't need equipment. You don't need access to weights. All you need is a training band, and you can do all this stuff. That's why I love band pull-aparts. Band pull-aparts are awesome because you don't need a, a gym. Just take your band with you and get a ton of good volume in. And I'll touch on that in a bit. And it's on the PDF. Again, we have a PDF that accompanies this podcast on BigBenches.com in our store and the programs. And uh, that is $0.00. What do we say, Elvis? If it's free, it's for me. That's right. So go to BigBenches.com and get that download now. Pull-ups and pull-downs. So pull-downs are awesome. If you're not at a point yet, you can do a pull-up. It's also great to hang bands from the top of a pull-up bar. and You can do uh, reverse bands attached to your knee and or foot to give you a boost in a pull-up. So I made a progression on that PDF, uh, pull-up progression. It's a 17-week progression, so check that out on our website. Uh, but pull-ups are an excellent movement because... Especially as you get up there in size, you know, you're you're talking about pulling up a good amount of weight. You know, if you're a sub 180, you know, not a big deal. You're probably wondering what's the big deal with pull-ups. If you stuck with pull-ups for a long period of time, always done them, probably like what's the big deal. But if you've gotten away from pull-ups at any point in time and gained any substantial weight, you're probably like shit. Three pull-ups is a hell of a lot. All right, I was at that point. I was at that point where I would barely do three pull-ups. It's bad. Recognize that needs to go up. When I got that number up, what do you think happened? 90 pound increase on my bench right up to 820. All right, so it plays an immense role, especially if you're at a place right now where you're not doing many pull-ups. You're a big guy, big lady, not doing many pull-ups. All right, get that number up. If you see that number increase, just like with the overhead press. We talked so much about the overhead press. You're seeing that increase. Pull-up increase, you're going to see a big result in your bench press. All right, all the basic movements we know we should be getting up, but we just don't focus on them. All right, pull-ups got to be going up. Pull-ups is a movement we should have in our routine all the time. That's something that I have in our lifters programming uh, pretty much all the time is pull-ups. You know, if, if it's not pull-up, it's pull-downs. If it's not body weight pull-ups, it's weighted pull-ups, reverse banded pull-ups. We're doing something. All right, but uh, yeah, get those pull-up strengths up. 
That'll help you out a ton with your bench strength. Face pose, band pull-aparts. All right, both of these. You can use bands for, for both these movements. Obviously, band pull-aparts. Uh, if you ever heard of DeFranco band pull-aparts, that's a great variation and a great spin to put on it. Uh, face pulls can be done and loaded up pretty heavy to attack the rear delts uh, with cable tension and or uh, you could use bands you can uh, you could do there's a lot of ways you can spin a TRX a TRX is great for face pulls so just got a tip on face pulls actually <clears throat> so you know those tricep ropes so instead yep. of just using one tricep rope because you can't often spread enough at the end of it yeah just sneak on two of those that's I haven't even thought of that one yet before. That'll get you a really good spread. Get that That's full a great spread. great tip by small arm big ass knees. Small arm big ass rear delts, biggest rear delts in the game. <laughs> All he's doing is rear rear pull aparts and, and face pulls. Um, but that's a great one. Being able to get that spread. Because that spread is really where that, that benefit comes in. Otherwise it's just kind of a row. If you ain't getting a good spread on your face pulls, you ain't winning. You ain't building up your rear delts. All right. So uh, that's a great tip there by the biggest knees in the game. Uh, band pull-aparts, like I said, as long as you got a training band, you're in the game for band pull-aparts. You don't need a gym. You don't need weights. All right. Um, and you can use all kinds of different tensions. Now, band pull-aparts, I'll get into it a little bit. We'll get into this later. I got a, a little tip and trick of how I added more volume to my training. All right. Um, via band pull-aparts, all right? So we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, I want to go over holds, too, different hold variations. Why are holds and isometrics so important? Because that's exactly how we're doing back work on the bench. If you think about when we're benching, right, we're not actively going through a row. You know, we want to control the weight down, but it's not a row. It's still a press, okay? Not the same thing. So how is our back working on the bench? statically locking down our shoulder blades throughout the movement. Nothing should be changing in our back. It should be locked in the one position. The tough part is maintaining that and loading the weight onto that while maintaining it. All right, so that's exactly what we're gonna do with these isometrics and these holds here. So a seated band row, that's something that I love to put a, a good pause on, get a good isometric contraction, load up some heavy, heavy band tension, Right, and uh, hold it for 15 seconds or so. Touch where, you know, high up if you're working upper back. And even if you want to make it bench specific, touch where you would touch the bench. 15 second hold. Another one of my favorite movements, lying lat pullover hold. Why is that? Because that's pretty much exactly how we're working in the bench press, right? When I take out, we're trying to drag our shoulder blades out. We're trying to let that weight travel out. And then, boom, we're right into that bread basket, right where we want to press so that's exactly what you're doing a lying lap pullover hold all right you're pulling the weight out in the same way and you're just holding it for time i like to do heavy ass band tension 15 seconds pullover is one of those movements when i need to teach someone to feel their lats i put them on the pullover and then i usually put them onto a pull down and then yeah the amount of people who've gotten their first lap pump by doing that is spectacular yeah, you're talking about hanging the um, bands up top as well and having the, the, the row with the with the pullover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's when you, you accompany that pullover with bands attached from up top of rack. So if you want to get freaky with it, have someone hold bands from behind, have a band attached from above, and then boom, work through that. 
That one's going to be a killer. Hold it at top for some time and then boom, row down. That'll teach you how to use your back in the bench. And get to a good bench setup while you're doing that. Can't get more specific than that. Right. Now, going to give you guys a tip here. This is how you can sneak more volume into your warm-ups. And I'm going to do a little mathematics. All right, not to put you guys off and make you leave the podcast, but we're going to do some meathead mathematics, if you will. All right. This is how you can sneak some volume into your warm-ups. All right, so let's go with the band pull-apart. This is something I've deemed the Big Ben bench warm-up. This is something our athletes do when we go into the bench day. And it's 3 by 15 doesn't have to be 315 or it doesn't have to be uh, 15 reps. doesn't have to be three sets either. But that's like the general uh, whereabouts of what I'm getting at with sets and reps with this. Uh, I think that's a good warm-up basic there. You can add a subtract from that. But uh, we're going to use pretty lightweight, but we're going to add to it every week. But we're going to dumbbell press 3 by 15 and we're going to do metal row with the dumbbell. 3 by 15 So we're working on warming up that upper back, adding some volume to that upper back, getting some pressing volume in, warming up that area before we go and jump onto the bench press, and then we're also going to get 100 band pull-aparts in. All right, so if you think of the math on that for how much upper back volume you're getting via using actual weights, which is pretty substantial, uh, say you bench twice a week, you do the three sets of 15, that's 45, 90, 90 reps per week, 183, 360 reps per month. Um, if you're talking about a four-week month that you're getting over someone else, you're getting 360 more reps on your upper back than someone else. This was something I was doing, guys. 100 band pull-aparts. Now, say you do this in your warm-up every time. I can't start bench until I do 100 band pull-aparts. All right, lying on the bench in the same position. Pull aparts, uh, that's, if I do that twice a week, uh, that's 200. So we're talking, if we're talking a, a four, four week, five week month, I'm getting 800 to 1,000 reps of band pull aparts in, in that month. Multiply that times a year, I'm getting 10,000 to 12,000, um, actually a little bit more, it's 12 months, right? <laughs> I've got my math somewhere. Guys, stay with me here. All right, we're talking what, 14,000 to 16,000 reps on the band pull-apart, more than someone else who's not doing this warm-up, all right? That is substantial, all right? That's a very substantial amount, and especially if you increase the tension over time, all right? That's how you're going to build up that back strength. Force it in the warm-up when you're fresh. You're not going to forget about the end. Now, guys, try this one now. If it's really a weak point for you and you want to bring it up, think about all the extra uh, volume you can add in a year, if you double it up, you throw in some band pull-aparts when you're fatigued at the end of the workout. Another set of 100. Now we double that number. 14,000 reps in a year now becomes 28,000 band pull-aparts. All right? That's how much extra you're getting in. You want to take it to the next level? Add in another day or two when you're doing band pull-aparts. All right? Then look at the numbers. We're going to be closer to getting towards 50,000 plus band pull-aparts in a year. All right, you got to think big term like that. That's big term volume work. All right, I'm getting pretty amped just thinking about it. It makes me want to do some band pull-aparts while I'm sitting here. All right, but that's how you sneak some volume in. Guys, it's important to know your testing movement. And what I mean by this is you got to know what you're trying to bring up. This is your measure of are you getting stronger? All right, for me it was pull-ups. I went from only three pull-ups, lousy three pull-ups in good form, to doing seven pull-ups. 
Didn't seem like much, right? But I could tell you I could feel a difference in my back. A lot stronger. And hey, the weight increase was there, guys. 90 pound increase. Something was going right, right? Hitting that upper back. Could even see it in the mirror. Getting more substantial gains there. Okay, so um, have that movement you know you're getting stronger on. Not just that you're seeing results in the mirror uh, with size and everything, um, but something that you see true strength gain with. Something under eight reps that we can really monitor. So like a barbell row or a pull-up, um, something that we can work heavy on, that we see a strength increase. There's not something that we could do 20 reps. All right, we don't want to see our face pull go from 20 to 25 you know, that's not substantial gain. You know, that just could be that you more hydrated that workout or you did it earlier in the workout. You know, we want to see a substantial gain on a strength movement, a barbell row and or pull up. All right. So we got a comment from Paper Plane. All right, hit me. I took your advice on where to put the bar in the hand and it felt way better. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, that was in regards to our last video. If you guys haven't seen that, we're talking about all about bar placement um, and how most people are pretty much just palming the bar. All right? They're not really digging it into where it really needs to be, which is actually pretty deep in the hand. Um, but Got I'm glad to hear. that sucker in there. Yeah, you actually you can't just grab the bar. If you're just grabbing the bar and benching, guys, you're not getting that bar in the right spot. It takes a little bit to really dig that bar into where it needs to be. You're not just going to get there from grabbing the bar. There's just no way. You need to actually dig, wedge, use that knurling to your advantage. And it always surprises me how many people are not chalking up for the bench press. Like, they don't need it. Um, you know, it's one of those moments you probably don't need as much as deadlifts, obviously. But chalking up on the bench is definitely necessary to really dig into where you need to be, create that outwards force, and have zero slippage. Especially on a bar with worn out knurling. All right. So... Going back to um, having that testing movement, pull-ups, barbell rows, those are all great. And then just seeing general weight or rep increase on some of those strength movements. This is really important to, to have that indicator. You know, how do you know your bench is going up? Well, your bench went up because you, you did more numbers or you did more reps at a certain number. You know, you got to know the same things going on with your back work. You got to have a way to monitor it. What's the sets and reps here, guys? How much volume? Are we getting that, right? Well, depends how bad you need the volume, too. Uh, you should really try to match all your pressing with enough rowing. So that's a general rule of thumb. If you're going to do a shit ton of pressing, you better do a shit ton of rowing. Or you're going to develop an imbalance. I mean, that goes for anything, though. If you do a shit ton of quad work, you don't do a shit ton of posterior chain work for your hammies, going to have an imbalance. All right, so um, you know, that's just general rule of thumb. Okay, uh, if you are in a place of having an imbalance, you're probably going to need to do more row work. And that comes in different forms. Like I just said, I gave you a great tip on how to sneak more volume, uh, get it into your warm-ups, get it into end of the workout. You know, just do more of it on off days. You know, just get more of it in. So it's a good way to sneak that stuff in. Um, sets and reps. Well, I laid out sets and reps on BigBenches.com. You can download that PDF. It is $0.00. What do we say, Elvis? If it's free, it's for me. That's right. <laughs> and you can get that in our program section. Uh, again, that is Upper Back Training, BigBenches.com. If you're listening to this, pick it up now because 50 people probably already bought that thing. Uh, it is $0, BigBenches.com. 
All right, I'm going to pick my own copy up. I'm the one that made it, but I'm going to download it anyway because that's how pumped I am about it. All right. Um, and then I want to just pause for the cause here before we leave today. If anyone has any questions they want to shoot live here on the podcast, you can right now because I'm going to be rounding up. We've got to pause for the cause, uh, a break from our sponsors here, um, which is no one. But I'm going to be talking about the <laughs> VIP membership group. Guys, if you want to get involved with the team at a super low cost uh, investment point, all right, you want to get some hands-on critiquing, some coaching, you want to uh, post up your videos, have the team break it down, have myself break down your, your videos, um, you want to gain additional content. If you love our stuff on the bench press, we got some stuff on the squat and deadlifts as well. We got mindset training. We got all kinds of stuff that we're posting up there. So get involved. Um, and did I mention program templates are free. So you're saving a ton of money right there. All right, because the amount to join up is not going to be the price of that, that program template. So there's a little tip and trick for you. Get involved here because I want you in that group. I want to see our team grow. Uh, I want you to get this extra content because I know how much it's going to benefit you. So however I can get you into that group, the VIP membership group, all right, I want you to be there. I want you to join us, and I want you to, to take value out of it. All right, I'm all about trying to give you guys the value, and hopefully you're seeing that, you're hearing that in this podcast. You know, you're seeing that in our videos and whatnot. So join our group. There's more stuff there waiting for you. All right. So appreciate everyone tuning in today. Listen to the podcast. Um, you can welcome small arm, big ass knee back from the oil fields. He was here today, and um, go and go to bigbenches.com and download. That upper back training PDF. All right. Completely free. Zero dollars. I'll finish them off here, fella. Listen, I got mines. I'm ready to go. And if, because you know what? He was the first to order today. If it's free, it's for me. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You have been listening to uh, The Benchcast.